Are you tired of the same old baseball showcase you've come to know? It's time for a new experience, the Top 100 Experience, a high-powered multi-day event in a professional setting showcasing your skills and talents at AAA ballparks. This is your chance to play at a professional stadium, learn from former MLB players, and compete in front of college coaches. This year is the first installment of their stadium series. The experience will be back at MBT Bank Stadium, home of the New York Mets AAA affiliate, and then the event heads to PNC Field in Scranton, Pennsylvania, home of the AAA New York Yankees. For more information or to register today, visit top100sports.com and click on the Top 100 Experience page or click the link in the description of this video. But I know a big number. We got one of the. You're one of the fiftieth most interesting athletes on with us today, bro. I don't know where you Somehow. got that title, but we're gonna get into that. I don't know where I got it either. <laughs> one of my kids saw it the other day, and they were like, "How are you interesting?" <laughs> that's actually a good question. It's life after I was like, baseball. Maybe I make wine, and they're like, "Yeah, that's not interesting." <laughs> well, I think it is. Oh, yes. That was interesting. There's another error right there. That's going to make the show the most interesting one yet. Right. (laughs) Yeah, we apologize for anyone who who gets like seasick or motion sickness. Hopefully they didn't. uh, That wasn't the the end all be all for them. There we go again. (laughs) Hey, man. Listen, you want a new laptop? We'll get to send you a reader for showing on the show. I told him. <laughs> it's a good thing you got some of that big league cheese. You got a pension. You can get a new computer after coming on with us today. Set the over under right now. How many more times does the camera <laughs> slip? I'm gonna go. I'll set it at two and a half. Over under. What do we think? It's it stood for about thirty minutes, and then all of a sudden, start recording. Shit hits the fan. Of course. <laughs> you gotta lick the suction cup. I think on the back. You gotta lick the cup. That's always how it goes. Well, like like I was saying when we had some of those technical difficulties earlier on. It's always fun because I get to talk to a former number one overall pick at Grilly every week when we do this show. But today, I get two of them. Two of them today. Uh, Joe Blanton joining the show. 13-year Major League veteran, uh, World Series champion. Joe, thank you so much for braving the the camera uh, uh, and uh, coming on the show to join us here today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm usually out in the fields, staying away from technology. <laughs> yeah. say we got you. We got you out of the sunlight there, right? We got you out of the vineyard, man. But thanks uh, for joining us. I know last time I was out there, saw you in person. It's usually at a Guy Fieri uh, function. I haven't been out to a couple. Yeah. I don't know if I'm still on the list or if I'm name dropped. No he's a former guest. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, friend of the program. Guest. He's been on the show. And uh, it's good to, good to see you, man, but um, even across the way. But this guy, man, I'm, I'm jealous. You got one thing I don't, besides a vineyard, because I'm into wine too, as you know. You got that World Series ring, mm-hmm. man. You're one of the lucky ones that grace that. I got a second-place ring, but, yeah. you know, Phillies, Phillies are legendary that way. You're, yeah. you're probably big. They are. Every time you that, was a, 
what a run that was. That was I, I got traded over halfway through, so I wasn't even there start to finish. Ooh. But still, what a run, right? It, it, that's, that's what we play for. And that, once you win that first one, you want to win the rest of them. Never satisfied. I mean, it's it's such a good uh, it's a good place to start with you and your career, especially because that Phillies team, especially that pitching rotation, was kind of. I mean, it's one of the more legendary. Yeah, I Kinda mean, good. it's about as good as it gets. But can you talk a little bit? I mean, I'm sure there's so much that you could say about that team and that rotation and the guys that you pitched with, the guys that you played with. But can you talk a little bit about that team and maybe that rotation in particular and. What made it so special and what was, I guess, what was the best part about it for you being able to maybe pitch with those guys, learn from them? What was that like? Oh, I mean, for so I was there 8 to 12 and we won in 08. And when I think back about the years, that team, I mean, obviously a great team. We won the World Series. Yeah. Probably the least talented team in, of from 8 to 12. Wow. I mean – if you think about, you could just think about the starting rotation of 08 was uh, in the playoffs was, uh, we started with Cole, started with Hamels, we went to uh, Brett Myers, Jamie Moyer, and myself. Fast forward three years, the first four is Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, Roy Oswalt, and Cole. Cole Hamels moves to number four, <laughs> but we didn't win that year. That just shows you how hard it is to win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had a year we won 103 games or something and got bumped first round. It's just, it just doesn't work. But that, yeah, like those teams that won't have something special, right? It's so that, what it is. I don't know. So that being said, you played on the on the Dodger blue. You wore Dodger blue for a little bit, yeah. Yep, two different times, twelve and sixteen. Yeah. So being a former Dodger, right? You can. That's the good thing about playing for a lot of teams. You can sit there and have your pick of who you want to root for and be a bandwagon <laughs> fan after exactly. you play, especially when you wear the jersey, but. How you feeling about the Dodgers, man? They're the dream team talked about powerhouse. What, what's going on over there, man? Right? That's incredible. I, You know what's the most impressive to me? I mean, looking obviously how smart they were in deferring all the money. is, But the, those guys, like, wanting that to happen to, you know, like Shohei, that's deferring a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money you could have invested right away if you're talking about money and that's building on top that he's willing to, you know what, put that aside. I would rather get that later, have a good team around me and win championship after championship. I think that says something about a player right there. Absolutely. Well, like you said, it's yeah, hard to win yeah. even when you have, you know, on paper or, or all, what, you know, going through the off season, there's, there's a lot to talk about, but not enough, right? Because it's all this, potential talk who's going to win who you think's going to win who you're going to bet on right now just based upon transactions and and the, the amount of conversation surrounding them the dodgers won the world series <laughs> in the next three yeah. at least three out of the next 10 years maybe right that's what i've been saying but it does like you just said to your point you won an 08 with at least a talented team so what does that say about the heart or the character of the team or the chemistry that that the difference right there's always a little bit of tangibles that People don't like to really talk about, but there's stuff there. Yeah, and over that seven months counting the playoffs, you have your ebbs and flows, right? You might have a great month. You might have a bad month. If your bad month's in October, too bad. Or injuries happen at the wrong time. Somebody gets hurt in September. Ah, you know, sorry, now you don't have your number one guy or your best bat in the lineup. It just happens that way. That's what makes it so hard, I think, is just 
you gotta you gotta live through 162. Now you gotta play last month. Everybody starts 0 and 0. It doesn't matter. How? Because I mean, both of you guys can answer this question because you both have a a, a ton of playoff experience. But w- you know, when you like you said, you have to make it through that 162 game grind, and it, it's no you don't have to play in the major leagues to guess that you know everybody's tired and hurting at the end of that year what is it that or I guess what makes the good teams able to kind of strap it together for a couple more games to be able to reach that ultimate goal is there something that either of you have seen um, in your time playing that made that you know transition to the postseason easier or harder what does that look like Oh, that's a good one. I think if I had the answer for it, I wouldn't be out here making wine. I'd be uh, making a lot of money in a front office somewhere if I had that answer. <laughs> the Dodgers would have done hired me on to be like, hey, how are we going to win the next World Series with uh, with all this uh, contract money we have in? It's, but at the end, it's, like, it's just what we said. It's a combination, being healthy at the right time, which grows from when we played you were expected to strap it on every day and go out where now it's a lot of that kind of like the NBA is doing, Oh, you know what? Take a little bit more time off. Take some, it's, it's about winning the world series, not just getting to the playoffs now. So teams are really changing how, how that's structured to try to be healthy in October, not necessarily just getting through the season because with a couple extra wild cards now that makes it different. You know, you can win a few less games, get in the wild card teams seem to do really well without those days off. And they seem to push through the, the added games of uh, your number one's not lined up. Maybe it's a number three. A lot of these teams, one through three now, It's like some of them are they're going to play offs. It's like they have three number ones. It's not like they're really getting pushed back all that much. So it's a good point. What is that? I don't know. It's, and it's what we talk about, that team chemistry. Some teams just have it. Whatever it is, again, if I knew what it was, uh, I'd be in the front office somewhere. <laughs> Well, you know, you know a little bit about mixtures, and you you mentioned it a few times, and obviously we're going to get into it. I I brought a glass just because I thought it was appropriate. Oh, look you at know? you! All right, <laughs> you know, I figured, hey, why not? It's uh, five o'clock somewhere. I know it's not up right. by you yet, but um, no, man, it's a, it's amazing. I read this, you know, don't know the backstory, and and reread it, and learn, keep learning more about you. I again, you, you compete against guys. Of conversations I've had with former teammates, what life after baseball becomes what you transition into your name image and likeness you're still trying to use it in a good way you know this little pedestal of hey i i'm successful i'm driven as a former athlete and it your drive and passion it kind of led you to the grapes over over there in napa valley and that's what you're doing full time because i know that's not a easy job man you gotta Went from 162 to 365, bro. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's a little downtime. We just had that, so it's, it's hopping back on the train now. But there's always a little bit of lull in the game. But, yeah, it's getting ready to start start ramping up again. But it's funny that the wine season, if you will, almost mirrors the baseball season. That You kind of hit that, like, November time. You know, harvest is usually in. It hits barrel. Uh, you kind of just kind of sitting there, you know, waiting. There's the holidays hit and it's cause So, you know, travels and sales and all that kind of just kind of slow down. So you're really from like your November to January is a really slow. And then you start hitting that like February, March, you got bud break starts happening, you know, bloom. 
Now grapes are going, you know, you know, starting to travel a little bit more. The weather's getting nicer. Then you hit that, and then then you got playoff time, right? Playoff times in the fall. Same here. You got that uh, September October time when harvest is going. That that's playoff time. That's uh that's the time we shoot for when everything needs to get tidied up in a nice little bow and hopefully come out great. So instead of practicing, the testing phase would be practice, right? You have to test it. There's a lot of testing. That's that's the best way. You know what? Make that's sure. the thing that I've learned. You you learn by drinking is there what they go. say. So there you go. Cheers to that. <laughs> that's man. not a bad day job. Not a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> it, so it's interesting. It's a good conversation for the off season because kind of like Grilly said, you know, there's stuff going on, but it's kind of hard to, you know, it's hard to talk about it every day and every week because you know a lot of it is the the same thing mulling over again and kind of like you said, just trying to predict anything and everything, but. Yeah. You know, trying to fi- like, you know, Grilly talks about this all the time, you know, keeping the jersey on your back for as long as possible. But once, you know, you can't wear that jersey anymore, being able to find other things that you're passionate about um, after baseball and life after baseball. What was it that drew you to wine that uh, that was the, the passion for you? Or if it's not or maybe just a hobby or whatever it might be. But what was it about that that kind of made it? Is it because it lines up with the baseball season? Was that the, the main draw? No, I think, uh, well, to start off, I think what Grill said, I mean, it's make them rip the uniform off. You know, we hear that all the time coming through, but then after you've been out of the game a few years, you really understand why. You hit that point of like, the first year kind of feels like, ah, this is a little vacation, right? I I don't have to work out. I don't have to pack up a suitcase and go anywhere. This is nice. And that second, third year, you're like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm really done. Like, this is it. And uh, I actually do a little stuff now with the Players Association where uh, trying to help guys like kind of evolve and like, what do they do now? That's the first thing I tell guys, because there's a lot of guys there that they're, you know, they're like early 30s, they're struggling, AAA big leagues back and forth. They're like, ah, maybe it's time to move on with my life. I'm like, no, keep that uniform on. I was like, don't leave yet. I was like, leave when it's, they'll let you know, don't leave yourself. But as far as wine goes, it, it started it started through playing with me, actually. Traveling with the guys. Um, get to bring our own drinks on the plane, right? Hang out with the fellas. There you go. I was, I was the guy that had a 12-pack roller bag of, uh, of wine after a couple years in. Like, after I started getting into, the, getting into wine and traveling to Napa and learning about it, I was like, you know what? Let me roller bag it up. And I started bringing, like, nice stemware on the plane. That didn't last very long with a... After like a five-hour flight and a bunch of guys going through a case of wine, they were getting broke. So I was going to Plastic Govinos after that, learned my lesson. But I'd get a group of guys. Four, it started off two, three guys, four, five. Next thing you know, sometimes I'd have 12 guys, and we'd be back there drinking wine. And, you know, just kind of that, that bond you get while you're, you know, connecting, drinking. Uh, I think that was what kind of led in it for me is, is, is that. And then obviously Napa is a beautiful place, being able to be here among the vines and just that different changes of, you know, one of my favorite times was just a couple months ago when everything starts fermenting, you can smell it in the air here. You know, you can smell the grapes just being made. It has that like almost like a grappa smell to it, that stems and seeds and skins fermenting. And it's just a, it's Well, it's dude, I, I don't know if it's, if, if it's good, you know, the good lens or the, light or whatever kept falling in the beginning of the show 
but your skin looks amazing from here. And it's got to be something in the grapes, bro. It's got to be. Wait, they it? say it's good for the heart, but man, you look. You're 40 what? 43. Okay, well, I'm 47. I need to get out there and get a little bit more than <laughs> grapes. It's, it's the uh, the resveratrol, I think, is what it's called, right? It's supposed to be good for the skins. That's good, man. So, no, you look good, man, and uh, you're in, you know you stay in shape. But we at least we try, anyways, right? I'm I'm trying here. Yeah. Ballot. Or I joke that I'm just uh, I drink so much wine that I'm pickled now. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> that's right i love that that's all I, I, See, I told you when you have a mountain visit dude you just never know what's going to come out bro it's, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i well speaking of speaking of the mound to, just to cycle back to baseball because i'm always curious to ask especially people who played kind of during that this iteration of the the oakland athletics that was the first team that you came up with and you know yeah. you were there for some successful years with the a's and kind of like that you could kind of call it the tail end of the entire like Moneyball craze that that whole that whole thing. Um, but can you talk a little bit about your time with the Oakland A's? Because obviously they've been in the news a lot recently with the decision to move the the team to Vegas in a few years. But I'd be curious to know about your time with the team, and then kind of to piggyback off of that, your thoughts on what has happened with the team and the vision for it moving forward. Yeah, I think, yeah, if I think back about it, for me, I, I think for a lot of the guys that came up in that little time, yeah. it was actually a great team to get drafted by. Um, obviously, they're not putting any money into the big league team then or now, um, so they're relying on developing players. So very good coaches in the minor leagues, and you get drafted, you have that, you know, you weren't getting drafted. I think the Dodgers are that way now, since we were talking about them, but the Yankees kind of back then where you got drafted by that team, you were kind of just like, huh, waiting for your trade date. Like I'm, mm. I'm not moving up. Like it's, it, you have to be the guy as a rookie to, to break that squad. Right. Um, so we all knew there was that incentive. Like, Hey, I come in, I work hard. I keep my head down. I do my job. I'm going to make it up pretty quick. I can I can run through the system fairly quickly because they're just, they're cycling through guys, um, and then when you get there, it's I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's going from Oakland to Philly, two different markets, wow. yeah, right? Totally different. Philly, and it's like, hey, we're we're here to win a World Series. Oakland's like, hey, we're uh, we're we're developing. <laughs> we're always developing. Yeah, we and we hear that kind of had that like that not hard media presence. It's it's mm. you can kind of mess up a little bit if you say something wrong. It's kind of like nobody really knows. And then the veteran guy, go, hey, you know, you might not want to handle it, but you do that in New York, Philly, one of those markets, that's going to be a little bit tougher. But also back in that day, that it was hitting the newspaper and that was about it. Sure. But so and then being able to, you know, get traded into one of the other teams, you were kind of like already ready for that, you know, because so it made that transition a little easier, easier if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, getting drafted by them and being the Moneyball draft was that was interesting because those drafts aren't real popular in baseball, especially then. They were just like not they're just things that happen, <laughs> and three years later, all of a sudden, somebody's in the big leagues. So it was kind of a more known thing where the book had came out. So that was interesting. Um, yeah, where are they going now? We'll see, right? No, it's crazy. Well, you bring up an interesting point with what you said, where the difference between that that market in Oakland with the media presence was there. Kind of a moment when you uh, when you moved on from Oakland when you were traded to to Philly. 
was there kind of a welcome to the because I know people talk about like your welcome to the big leagues moment, but was there like a welcome to the big market big leagues moment for you? And do you remember what that was if there was one? Uh, I remember I remember a couple of things initially, exactly what you just said. I remember getting traded over yeah. and there were at least a handful of guys jokingly, hey, welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> right. I'm like I must have been a little naive. I was like, what do you mean? This was my fourth year. And they're like, no, like out of Oakland. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then you get to that home club. Oakland was the only clubhouse I'd known. You know, not that not that much different than the a visiting clubhouse. little different clubhouse. spread table, huh? <laughs> little different spread table. You hit Philly, and that's the home. And you're like, oh, this is this is different. There's actually there's actually no no mold in the grout tile of the showers, right? Right. <laughs> the sewer didn't overflow and make you move up to the football locker room. Yeah. Right. We listen. We talked. Uh, Jace Peterson, former A, got to the World Series with the Dimeback. Same thing. I, he's. We couldn't have him on the show. He's not really technically inclined. You have an E column for him. We're we're giving him that grace. We're going to get him on the show. Because we're dying to talk to him about that very thing. You know, there's a lot of people that don't realize, like, just because you're out of a race or you have nothing to play for, it's like, no, it becomes a little bit more individualized, right, in a sense that, yeah, yeah you want to sit there and play and win a game, but you're like, damn, if I keep producing, somebody might scoop me up and I might have a chance at a playoff run and get a World Series ring. And hence, we got a guy right here living proof of that. So, um, yeah. We had traded everybody away starting into that year, going into that year, Dan Heron and Rich Harden, Houston Street and Nick Swisher. Everybody was, they were, they were dumping, you know, all of us and kind of that we were hit, we were all hitting that like three to five year range. So it's kind of like, you know, we got to, we're starting all over again where the couple of years before we were, we had productive teams where they would, they would bring guys they brought Frank Thomas over in 06. I think he dropped like 39 homers that year. Hit like 270. Right, I, forgot he, I forgot he came to Oakland for a little bit. That's right. Yeah. But you know, it's it's hard too because, again, we talk about everybody's chasing the ring. There's different stages in, hey, I want to get – I want to be a first-round pick. Then you want to get your big league debut. Then you want to, you know, sign uh, – you know, play all year. Then you want to sign that multi-year contract. Then you want to win that ring. You know, there's a there's five stages to me kind of that, that order – and some maybe and not in particular because if you come into a place where you're winning a ring first year, you're lucky, right? Um, yeah. Being in a Derek, and you don't realize how lucky you are. Right. Like if you're in a Derek Jeter situation, right? This guy <laughs> walked right into amazing career and was also a key component of all those winning seasons. But, you know, the sad part, and nobody – he played for the same team his whole entire career. For us, I mean, I got – as many jerseys as there are teams almost, you know what I mean? And I didn't care. Like I said, rip it off me. But, you know, you just hope yeah. that, you know, you meet all these flying monkeys along the way. And it's – I just talked to Mark Melanson the other day, and I said, hey, man. Uh, the shark. I played with Mark. The shark, Mark. right? Yeah. So he sent me this funny picture of us at, at, uh, at Venice Beach. We were there. We are on the Schwarzenegger, the gym, right in the middle of the beach there. And uh, – it was just funny how we looked and how we were acting. We we're just trying to get out of the hotel room, see some freaks out there, and just you know laugh, have a few laughs, download from from whatever we were going through. But you know you you miss out on a lot of times with just the person, right? You're sitting there going like, I know this guy is a player. You try to do these things on the plane like you did the wine and stuff, but to take that whole completely vulnerable shell 
that you have to have with your alpha and your ego. And I got to do this because if I let it down, someone's taking my job. Do you really know the person? And I finding in my seventh year of retirement, it's fun to have guys like you back on the show or run into you like we did at the, the Guy Fieri softball deal with Tim McGraw and all that. And, uh, you know, to really just sit there and drink wine as, as people, you know, to know, yeah. to know the person as Joe, I want to, you know, he sucks. I want to eat him for breakfast kind of thing. You know, you're across the diamond like that guy. I hate that guy. I want to kill him, you know, because we're yeah. all fighting for the same thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and I mean, you hit, hit it perfectly. I mean, how many times you go out there, you're hurting, you don't feel good. You got nothing that day on the mound. You can't let anybody know. <laughs> and you got to act like you're a badass out there every single time, regardless. Yeah. And you're right. You got to put on that like shell of like, this is, you know, this is who I am and this is what I got to be. And then you get away and you were like, Oh, that guy's not so bad. Right. Right. It, yeah, I, I can't remember who it was. I went to one of the teams and someone's like, I hated you, man. And I'm sitting right next to his locker. <laughs> like, Oh, really? I, said, I didn't know that. Yeah. Why, why'd you hate me so bad, man? You know, he's like, I hate you. It was like, but then we became friends. It was just a funny thing. It's just, it's just like you said. And I hate when you come up with teams like you were there in Oakland for four years, right? Um, you start sitting there going like, oh, this is my rat pack. And this is who I'm going to come up with. And we're going to come up together. And, you know, it's like high school. We're going to go through high school together. We're going to go through summer college together. It's not like that in the big leagues necessarily until you find that, that niche of guys. You're like, okay, these are dudes that still – will call me after life after baseball, you know? And uh, I don't know. Who's your flying monkeys? Who's still, who you still jam with? That's, you know what? That's one of the good things about where I live now is I get to see quite a few guys that will just, they'll, <laughs> out of the blue, I'll get a text and be like, hey, I'm coming to Napa next week. Are you there? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's grab dinner. No Come over the house. Like what, whatever it is. I always try to tell guys, I'm like, why, why didn't you tell me you were coming? I was like, I can help you up. Yeah. I can set you up at places. I was like, this is, this is what, ah, we didn't want to bother you. I was like, that's kind of what I do now. Yeah, you wanted deal, to but, bother you. So, bother me, man. Yeah. So here, we're getting it out bother of the show. Me. Call Joe Blanton. You're going to California, Napa. <laughs> Call him up, guy. Listen, yeah. he'll help your Put you in the right places. <laughs> he'll help with your skin. Put you in the right places to go drink wine. I can do that. That's <laughs> I love that. I, I got to ask too. But you're right. That's where the game, what you were just talking about, yeah. that clicked in my head just a minute ago, talking about, I feel like it's a little different now. I hate, I feel like I hate being that guy that's like, oh, the game's changed. But kind of when, you know, when we came in, it was like, hey, you don't, don't talk to the other team. You know, like you might give a little tap, but there is no like, you know, kind of banter, laughing back and forth, you know, like there is now. Um, so we grew up in that, like, I, I didn't care if 29 other teams hated me yeah. as long as the 25, 24 other guys I was with loved me. But yeah, well, I just, was fine like, just like, uh, who was it? I just saw a clip and Harold Reynolds was interviewing the guy that bunted. They threw at him. He, he threw at him, drilled him, and then the next guy bet he bunted and then ran at the pitcher. I, <laughs> so, I can't remember who it was now. He's just escaping me. I'm drawing a blank. But I said that was the game that we were, you know, you see the evolution of the game. Like now yeah. it's like, oh hey bro, you hit a three run tank off me yesterday. That was that was awesome. No, it wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, no, dude. I want to put my head under a pillow and hide. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
it's a good it's, absolutely it's something that Grilly and i talk about a lot and especially just because you know the the difference in the way the game was played maybe when you guys were were coming up through the game and growing up in the game and it's a good question to ask you too joe because you know are there things that you notice in the game today that and they don't have to be – it doesn't have to be negative things, but it can be if, if, if you want. But are there things that you notice specifically that are very different from when you were, you were playing in the, in the bigs? Well, I think it's – that's what makes it interesting. I think baseball is kind of an ever-evolving game, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. We, we talk about, oh, you know, we used to – you know, if we would hit guys on purpose and guys take out guys at, you know, at home, like at a certain point you couldn't run over guys anymore or go into second heart. Right, right. If you look – 10 to 20 years before us, they thought we were soft. Look, 10 <laughs> yeah. to 20 years before them, they thought they were soft. So it's like just kind of an ever – you see some of those clips of what the 70s – they were going in like oh. linebackers yeah, taking yeah. a second. They were tackling out. people. They didn't yeah. at all. So it's just – it's kind of an ever-evolving game, right? And take it for what it is. And when you're playing, you try to grow with it because we got done about the same time, right, girls? I was 17. You weren't yeah, the same? I'm 17. Yeah, that, that's when that kind of, you know, the evolution of the kind of analytics started, right? Right in our last, like, couple years, especially 16, was I, I was with the Dodgers, and they were kind of big on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was that that starting to come into play, and you had to you had to evolve with it, or, or especially the case I was in, you know, your year-to-year, team-to-team at that point, you're, you evolve with it, or pack your bags and head to the house. Yeah. The two so. things, the two things I think that were coming into play um, when I was get what I was getting frustrated with was they were timing us from the bullpen. When I was in the bullpen, 30 seconds, you had 30 seconds. So now there's a different clock. They're timing you on this, yeah. that and the instant replay. I was like, Oh my God, they're stopping the game for this long. Like, I don't want to get out of rhythm and sync. Like, cause you know, it's rhythm and timing and it could be a good thing and a bad thing, but, I, I was I was going bananas a little bit towards that. I'm like, what's going on with the game? You changed it. You changed it. Yeah. Like when they changed Trick Cereal or Honeycomb. I was pissed. <laughs> you know, like we don't like change. I think <laughs> – I think – I mean, can you remember when they first started shifting? And you're yeah. like – and you give up a hit to a lefty where the shortstop was. You're like, what? Why are you not <laughs> what there? Are you doing? Why are you up the middle? What are you doing? Yeah. And then, you know, years later, everybody's doing it. And now they – Kind of can't, yeah. and it's, you know, it's... It, it's funny because uh, it, it, you, you make a good point, and it's funny that, like, the the way that... Because I, I remember, I can even remember just when, I think it was, the, it was Joe Madden in the Rays when they first started shifting, but there's, you know, there is a reason for it. I, you know, it does work most of the time, but it is funny that you notice those times where it's like, what the hell, what are we doing here? Why is this guy, like, why is the shortstop playing in you know behind second base with you know but it but it and you kind of were just touching on it and i apologize for interrupting but i want like is that a conversation that you ever had with a manager or maybe a, a another coach when that was first starting to come into play or was that something that they brought to you and they were like hey this is how we're doing it now we think that this is works this is what the data says or was it kind of they're like hey what do you think about this was it a conversation or was it more of like or did that depend on the team i think it depended on the okay. team right i think if you were like a veteran i i'm trying to remember what team it was and it would happen it was i don't know if it was so much with me i can't, i can't remember the exact example yeah. but i remember it was like a shortstop 
And he went to the starting pitcher and was like, hey, this is where we, they want me to play this guy. And it was kind of like that shift. And they went to the starting pitcher and the pitcher was like, oh, no, I want you to play him over here. You know, he they, he kind of like right. trumped it. But then I'm sure there was other teams, like you said, like the Rays and so what. Like you're a rookie pitcher. You don't have that say. Right. Veteran guy would. And then it just slowly transitioned into this is the way it's going to be, you know. And here's the numbers that back it. And you're, you know, as a pitcher, I mean, you're like, hey, do you want this guy to hit? If you're going to face him X number of times, would you rather hit him be possibility hitting 290 or 220? Right. And you're like, well, I'll take 220. Well, then they're going to play over here. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, speaking of, you know, the the batting average and everything like that. And, you know, we talked about baseball through the years and how the game has changed. But I think there are certain players who have kind of stuck through that no matter what era they play in. And obviously, you know, when you first came up your first few years, early 2000s in the uh, in the AL West, um, did you the Bay Area series with the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants? Did you face Barry Bonds? And what was that? What was that experience like? Well, I did face Bonds. I faced Bonds uh, the day after he past Ruth. Oh. So he got seven sixteen. Wow. So I kinda like you know, I felt bad for my teammate, <laughs> but took a little took a little little nice little breath out, like, oh that that's not me. <laughs> You're not a career highlight for somebody else, is in other words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the wrong end of a highlight. Right. Uh, I remember I remember throwing him a pitch and it was I think I threw him like a change up and he had been obviously even bonds one of the best hitters ever to play the game, right? He was uh, trying to hit home runs because he was trying to pass that. It, it hits everybody, right? If you're if you're a pitcher and you're hit trying to hit that milestone of a number that may be a strikeout, sure. you're kind of you, you start going for that strikeout instead of just letting the game play. Um, but that leads into how I was pitching him, and all of a sudden he like drives like a ball to left center or whatever it was, like single double. I can't remember. I kind of remember sitting there like. He hadn't hit that pitch all week, and I was watching some of the video. And I go in, Jason Kendall's my catcher, and I say something to him. He's like, he's like, oh, he stopped hitting homers. He's just getting hits now. And I was like, oh, well, that would have been nice to know before <laughs> the game. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could talk for another half hour, but you have been more than generous with your time here on, on, our, on our episode here, episode 41. I couldn't think of a – a better way to end off there than with that story. But, really, anything else before we uh... – Yeah, I mean, dude, one of the 50th greatest in- – most interesting. <laughs> That's right. Most, in- most interesting. <laughs> I love it, dude. No, seriously, you are and, – and kudos to you because, you know, I'm doing this stuff on NIL. I just wrote a, uh, uh, my second book here talking about – because, like you, I wanted to help transition. It's very difficult, and nobody shows up, right? Nobody's there to go, oh, here – I don't care how much money you make. It's like, that's why a lot of guys go broke or they get bored or they get trapped into this. Uh, I'm, I don't know who I am or what to do kind of lifestyle. And they're bored, depressed and this and that, but it's the transition. That's hard. It's not that. Yeah. I would love to be a player. Right. But it's cool. That oh, you I would gravitated to wine, man. Absolutely. With, with what you just said in the kind of fallen, I, I think I'm kind of we're we've kind of hit that period. You know, you're like six years down the road after done playing, and you kind of realize that now that that transition's hard. And the weird that it's you think of it in the how you know how long you live and how short that that your career is in that, but it's such a huge part of 
what everybody knows you for and kind of what you are. There's because I mean, essentially that's what you are. And you're trying to figure out this transition of like, what do I do now? Like, well, who am I? I can't do that anymore. Yep. Like, I'm don't you think too? 30, I was uh, 37. I think when I was done, done, I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah, I had this, man. but it was still like a part of you is missing. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, and that goes away. And I actually had, it hit more, uh, not long ago, uh, Philly had me come throughout a first pitch and that's the first time I kind of been back on a big league field in front of a crowd. And, you know, throwing out the first bat adrenaline shot I got, I was like, I walked off and I was like, oh my God, I missed that. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody. I was like, you know what? I would trade all 13 years I played for one day to be able oh. to do it again, like in my peak. Yeah. And they were like, really? I was like, absolutely. No, there's like, nothing like that, that adrenaline rush. No question. It's not even just though, you know, people sometimes, again, think it's just as, as an athlete. You know, you take guys that are veterans uh, of war and stuff like that. They want to go back in police officers, firefighters. When you do something passionately or you, you're, you're that driven towards something. Heck, I know a guy just retired from, uh, you know, his industry and he's not even what three months out of it. He's like, I shouldn't have retired. Mm. It's because he doesn't know what to do. yet. So and this guy's <laughs> exactly. 60 some odd years old, you know, so it's not just athletes, but you know, I think people find yeah. it. I think there's even, um, I just started watching it. It's called Afterlife on Prime Video, right? It just tells about 12 NFL guys of what they did. And I think I think more and more of that has got to be spoken of because mm-hmm. everybody looks at like, oh, you hit the lottery or, oh, your life is so easy and you have no problems, which is not the case. There's probably that many more, right? More money, more problems, this, that, yeah. yeah. But we all have them. We're not We're not any better than... We just did things a little differently. We chose a crazy dream job to have. And you're in your second one. You're in your second phase of an awesome life. And you have a great family and beautiful wine, man, to try. So tell everybody where they can try your wine, find your wine. And if they're in Napa Valley, your phone number, so they're calling you to hang out with them. Just hit up the email. If you don't have my number, we didn't play with each other, hit up an email. I'll answer back. I'll set you up. Nice, man. Awesome. Well, I hope awesome. you get out there again, Blant. Thanks for coming on short notice. Great time. I enjoyed it, man. I know it's not the, the one you and I want to be on, but this is how we jam now, dude. And uh, It is. It's good. So cheers to you, man. Good luck with everything. Cheers. And if you come out Pittsburgh, yeah. dude, come to Pittsburgh, too. We got wine here, too, bro. I will. That's, that's how I do it now. Hit the road. That's right. That's Boom. Right. I love it. Well, everybody, thank you for our listeners for tuning in, too. And you could find the podcast if you want more on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find that. You could watch the episode, see all our funny faces on YouTube, and you could hit us up on social media at Mount Visit Pod. Joe, again, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come on Mount Visit. Steelers case. No, thank you. Steelers, I really enjoyed it. This was awesome. Steelers yeah. case. Steelers. Yeah, go Bills. Go Bills. How about that, Grilly? Oh, <laughs> Joe, who's your football team before we let you go? I mean, I grew up in Kentucky, so it was uh, it was Kentucky basketball. Okay, that's fair. Which I yeah. think they're six right now. Mm-hmm. And everything else was just kind of blurred. But <laughs> uh, the Titans came in when I was like at the end of high school, which ah. that's a little bit late in the game, and then just travel around. And you eventually, I've, I've been out here for six years, and it's the, you know, the Niners are the closest one. But it just, I don't know, just doesn't resonate quite the same. Yeah. 
I guess. I get it. Not growing up here. You cheered for the city you played in as a player. How many jerseys you wear? Exactly. Seven. Yeah. So you got seven NFL teams. (laughs) That's cheating. That's cheating. That's what what people always ask me. Like, playoff time comes, they're like, oh, who are you rooting for? And I'm like, nobody. They're like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, if you want me to look, I'll find you know who my best buddy is that's still playing, and I'll root for that team. That's I was like, I root for players, not teams. I was like, once they start paying me again, then I'll root for them. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, man.